ready to start our Wednesday night devotional. Our first song this evening will be number 501, O Worship the King, number 501. <clears throat> Oh, worship the King, oh, glorious above, and grateful is He, His wonderful love. Our shield and defender, the ancient of days, Good evening, church family. You know, it's hard to believe last time we met, last Wednesday, it was snowing outside, and now it's 80 degrees. It's crazy. But um, a couple of announcements before we uh, have our devotional. Uh, don't forget that this coming Sunday, Kilder's Bible Hour starts. Um, we'll that's for the three-year-olds to fourth grade, and it'll be during sermon time, uh, right after our Lord's Supper. Also, don't forget, uh, next Sunday, we'll start services at 6 o'clock as well. We'll have our morning service and evening service. So that will be starting Sunday nights at 6. And then next Wednesday, we'll start Bible class. Um, I believe we have teachers covered for that now. Um, also, uh, the mowing schedule is out on the four-year board. If you can help mow the grass, uh, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, we definitely need help throughout the entire summer of make sure the front of the church um, the front of the church looks good. If you have any questions or anything like that, you can see James Ward, but the mower's provided and gasoline and weed eater is all provided um, for that. Updates in our prayer list. Uh, Carol Galloway is St. Mary's um, waiting tests. She was supposed to have surgery yesterday, but it's gotten pushed back until uh, next week. Um, in order to remove a kidney stone and a stent. So remember to continue to keep Carol and Clinton in your daily prayers. Dottie Hager will be having double knee replacement surgery 
next Wednesday. So keep Dottie Hager in your prayers as well. And remember, continue to keep Jim Haney in your prayers as he struggles with heart issues. Also, remember Kristen Ward, Rusty Leap, and others that are undergoing treatments and recovering from recent surgeries. And uh, don't forget to pick up a bulletin to remember all those that are on there and the activities that are going on um, within the church. So uh, that's all the announcements I have at this time. It's time to go to God in prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for all the many blessings you give to us, Lord. We're thankful for this opportunity to be here to learn more about your word, to be able to apply it to our everyday lives so we can be encouraged ourselves and also encourage others, Lord. Lord, we ask you this time to continue to be with our elders and the decisions they make for this congregation, Lord, and continue to be with our deacons and the work they do for, for this congregation. And, Lord, let us be an encouragement to them, Lord. Lord, and also we ask you this time to be with our sick, be with our widows and our shut-ins, the ones who are taking care of them, be with the doctors and nurses who are taking care of them, Lord, and also continue to be with our youth. Guide and direct them, Lord, through your word. Lord, we ask you this time to always continue to be there for us. Let's always put you first in our lives. Forgive us, Lord, when we do fall short. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Number 419, Lord, we come before thee now, 419. Lord, we come before thee now, at thy feet we humbly bow. Yeah. 
song because I'm not sure if you know it or not. Um, this is, it's, it's called the Holy Ground, the Holy Presence Meddling. In uh, the book I used at South Point, there were three songs that we sang them back to back to back. They're in this book, but there's only one verse for each, each part, so um, you're going to see a new verse if, you, if you're used to this at all. But it'll be in his presence, then Holy Ground another holy ground song and I, I don't really have a book to follow along so I'm going to sing off of this
Invitation song will be number 550, excuse me, 454. <laughs> Got a dyslexia going on there. 454, nothing but the blood. Good evening. Wanted us to think a little bit tonight about prayer. I think during uh, this season in our lives, prayer is such a good resource for us that if we're not taking advantage of it, we're missing out. And so I just wanted to think for a little bit about prayer. I've got three P's for prayer. Prayer, prayer starts with a P. So I thought, man, let's do, let's get cute and do a little bit of an alliteration here. So we got three P's to help you remember, right? Every preacher's favorite thing, alliteration. So here we go. When God was in the garden with Adam and Eve. He enjoyed intimacy with them that was unlike anything that has been experienced since then. God got to be with His creation, and His creation got to be with Him. And so there was some intimacy there. They walked with Him. They spoke with Him, and they had this relationship that we've been trying to get back to, and in fact that God has been endeavoring to get back to since we lost that relationship. He's been looking for a way to come back to us. Isn't that, I mean, just stop for a second and think about that for, for just a moment. A just God who, by His very nature, must punish sin, is looking for a way to override His nature so that He can have relationship with sinful creatures again. Happily, He found that possibility in Jesus' death and as we're washed by His blood, we can have that relationship with Him again inside the church. The preciousness of this institution that He's given to us knows no bounds. Uh, it's not just a family. It is a way back into His presence. Unlike anything we've experienced, mankind has experienced since the Garden of Eden, he's been looking for a way to share that intimacy. And one of the treasures that we have as his people is prayer. So that's your first P for prayer is it's a privilege. 
What a privilege it is to be able to come into His presence and to just make all of our wants and wishes known. We sing a song about that. And every time you sing through those words, I hope it humbles your heart a little bit to know that you're coming before the creator of the universe, the star-breathing God, who at words formed everything that we see around us. When we say, Father, in prayer, we're coming into His presence just like you would come into the room with, with a dear old friend and you're beginning a conversation. Isn't that incredible? That this supreme being would humble himself to have relationship and to care, just to care what would happen to us and, and to be involved in such an int- intimate way with us ought to humble us every time we think about it. It's not a privilege everyone has always shared, is it? Uh, You think back to the book of Daniel. Daniel was one of the men that this privilege was not his. Uh, In fact, it was forbidden that he pray. But if you recall what happens in the book book of Daniel, he serves a higher, higher power. And so he ignores the king's mandate and he follows God's mandate, maintaining his normal prayer life because he understood that this privilege was worth dying for. That's how big of a privilege it is. We don't always see prayer as that big of a privilege, do we? Sometimes it can be seen as a burden. Sometimes we struggle with it. Think about how Daniel, how how precious Daniel held prayer. It was worth dying for. And without and dying and it was worth dying for without a second thought. It's not like Daniel contemplated this. Scripture doesn't tell us that that he sat down and really thought through this. He just went on with his day. This mandate passed Daniel's desk. If you go back through and you you read the text. Uh, in Daniel where where this happens, Daniel was aware that this was going to happen. He is second in command of the entire kingdom. This, this mandate has not escaped his attention. He signs off on it and goes about his day. In fact, Scripture says he goes back to his house and he opens up his window and he faces Jerusalem and he prays. It's a privilege. What a privilege it is, right? Sometimes we forget. We need to be constantly reminding ourselves that it's not a burden. Maybe we don't know how to do it. Maybe we don't know how to talk to Him. Maybe we struggle with the exact wording, the phrasing. Maybe we don't really understand how to do that. Prayer is a discipline. It's like uh, lifting weights or running or any other thing that you, you, you learn to do. That you get better at with time. Prayer is exactly that way. It's, in fact, called a spiritual discipline, and it's in that group of disciplines. And so maybe we struggle with that, and maybe we don't really know how to express ourselves to Him in a way that is appropriate um, or uplifting. We can learn. 
how to do that. And we can learn how to do that from Scripture, right? Because we have so many prayers that these men have prayed. In fact, you go back through and you look at Paul's prayers. There's one in the book of Ephesians um, that, that will astound you. Paul plums the depths of possibilities with his prayer. You talk about praying a large prayer. Ephesians 4, Paul prays maybe the biggest prayer in all of Scripture. He wants you to grow up. He wants us to grow up into the full maturity of Christ so that every aspect of that is His could be ours as well. What a privilege it is to bring all of our needs and even all of our wants to Him in prayer. In Luke chapter 18, you find our second P in prayer. Yep, it's a privilege. We also have to be persistent. Luke chapter 18 to be persistent. Jesus tells a story about a woman. Uh, she is looking for justice. And in her town, the only justice there is given out, doled out by a judge. And this, guy, this guy doesn't care anything about God. And he doesn't care anything about man. So this is not a moral person. He's not a religious person. In fact, this guy, you can only kind of bully this guy in doing what you want him to do. He's just a hard-nosed guy, apparently. And if you're hard-nosed, you can get what you want out of this guy. But if you're not... You can't. And so Jesus says, this woman keeps on coming back to the judge. Keeps on coming back to him. She's laying out her case and she just will not accept no as an answer. And Jesus says, finally the judge granted this woman's petition. Not because he was a good man, but because he was tired of her coming to him. Now, Jesus says, you ought to pray like that. Not because, not because, obviously, that God is like the judge. Parables are, can be uh, interesting um, teaching tools because we remember the story, but we want we try to sometimes attribute meaning to each little tidbit in the story, and we can't do that with this one. God is obviously not like this judge, not caring what we're going through and not wanting to give us, and that we just kind of bug him into giving us what we want. The moral of the story is: you be persistent when you pray. In Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus talks about prayer, in fact, let's just turn there real quick. Uh, this is during the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus has quite a bit to say about prayer. Um, right after his comments that we're going to look at, he says the Lord's Prayer, as a matter of fact, which is a, a great prayer to hang your own thoughts on. Um, but listen to what he says in Mark, Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 5. He says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they've received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who's in secret. And your father who sees in secret will, will reward you. Here's the part I want you to notice in verse 7. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. So... How do we make that jive? Jesus has just said in Luke chapter 18, you need to be persistent. If you've got a problem in your life, you've got a need in your life, you're hurting or you're happy and you keep on coming to God and you're bringing that need to Him, Jesus says, keep on coming. You keep on coming. Whether it's a, a, a need that you need met or if maybe it's a praise, maybe you've got some rejoice, rejoicing that you just want to turn back to Him. He says you keep coming back to Him. Right? You're persistent. But here Jesus seems to say, don't say the same thing, right? That's not what he's saying at all, right? Here, 
in Matthew chapter 6, he is forbidding this idea that the pagans had that they could come up with some sort of formula that would force God into obeying what they wanted, to, into giving them what they wanted. Jesus says, that's ludicrous. You're not going to force God to do anything. In fact, he's a good father, and he wants to give you good gifts. And so you ask for them, and he will act every time in your best interest. But you need to persevere. You need to keep at it. If it's important to you, you keep at it. Don't stop. Don't, don't let go. Keep praying. And obviously, during this season in our lives, there's an awful lot that we can be praying for, right? There's an awful lot that we should be praying for. I don't know about you, but I feel like our country, our world, has lost an awful lot during the pandemic. And as I think spiritually, I think we've lost at least as much spiritually as we have physically, right? The, the passion, maybe that we once had, may have dwindled a little bit. And the passion that we had to be together, maybe that's dwindled a, a little bit. It's hard to be spiritually close to someone when you're physically far away. And the pandemic has forced us to be far away. We can pray for those things. We should be praying for those things to, to, to be united, to be close together, to, to hurt with each other. Romans 12 talks about uh, rejoicing with those who rejoice and weeping with those who weep. Those are things that we can be, should be persistent in prayer for. In James chapter 5, verse 16, you find the final P of prayer. There's power in prayer. There's an awful lot of power in prayer. Listen to what he says in James chapter 5, verse 16. This is a verse I'm sure you're well acquainted with, but I want you to see it in a new light perhaps tonight. James chapter 5, verse 16. Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. You have access to incredible power in prayer. And oftentimes... We just leave that on the table, don't we? We act like it's not there because we haven't worked on the discipline side of it. And so maybe we're not able to express ourselves the way we want to because we haven't put in the time to do it, right? We haven't put in the work to figure out how to do it. We haven't built up that discipline yet. And so that's something we can be doing. That's something we should be praying about, right? And but he says, if you take... This opportunity. You have incredible power in prayer. Notice specifically though. What James is putting this verse in the context of. If you have sins. Confess them one another and pray for each other. Because the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It's old King James right. He says in the context of bringing someone back from sin. Prayer has incredible power. I've never really thought about it like that. Every time I've gone to James 5.16, it's been more of a, uh, a general statement. James isn't general here, right? He's very specific. He's not saying, well, if, someone, if someone's sick, you should pray for them. Does that work? Absolutely. He's going to get to that. 
He's not saying, should you pray for mission efforts and open doors to teach the gospel? Absolutely. You should do that, but that's not what he's saying here. He's putting this idea uh, of prayer in the specific context of dragging someone away from sin. Listen to what he says. In verse 17, he gives us this fantastic illustration of the power that you find in prayer. You're familiar with the story, I'm sure, from the Old Testament. Um, But Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it didn't rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. You see the power and the immediacy of prayer? See the, the power and the punctuality? There's another P. Punctuality of prayer. He says, Elijah didn't pray for, Elijah prayed for it not to rain for three and a half years. And guess what? It didn't pray, or it didn't rain. And then he prayed again, and it did rain. Power in prayer. Listen to what he says, though. After he gets through with this illustration of the power of prayer, he gets back on topic in verse 19. He says, My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings them back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. He's still talking in the context of prayer there, right? There are people, as we look around our congregation, that you haven't seen their faces in a while, have you? And you're worried about them. And they're souls are resting on your heart and you're concerned. Pray for them. That's James 5, right? The first thing that we need to do is is pray for them. Come back to, to reignite the fire, the passion that was once there to bring them back to Him. That's where the power is. That's the specific context James is talking about here in James chapter 5. There is so much power in prayer. But specifically for our season that we're currently in, with all the things that we've lost and all the hits that we've taken over this last year and a half, prayer is one of the tools that can drag us back to where we ought to be, to where we can be, and bring us to a place that we haven't even experienced yet. A place of blessing and goodness where God is working in us and through us to bring people to Himself and to bring honor to Himself. It's a lot of privilege in prayer. There's an awful lot of perseverance in prayer. There's also also an awful lot of power in prayer. We need to take advantage of that. And so that's my encouragement today. If you're not into the discipline of prayer, figure it out. Start hanging your own prayers on some of the prayers in Scripture. Read through those things. Read through the Lord's Prayer. Read through uh, Paul's prayer in Ephesians 4. And hang your own thoughts on those prayers. Uh, Spend time in it. Get comfortable with it. Work up the discipline of prayer. And once you do that, realize the power and the perseverance that's necessary to have the blessings that you want the intimacy with God that we've been missing since the garden. Tonight, if you haven't been baptized into Christ, that's the very first step to having that intimacy, to having that relationship with Him. You've got to have your sins washed away so they can have a relationship with you once again. At that point, you're entered 
into the church. We don't do that. He does that. And he enters you. He adds you to the church and gives you a brand new family, but also gives you the intimacy with him that we've been missing out on since the garden. Maybe you've already made the decision this, this evening and you just need the prayers of this congregation to be persevering as we try to tread through this difficult season in our lives. If we can help you in any way, won't you come as we stand and sing? And wash away my sin, nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the blood that makes me white as snow. No other found I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my part in this Nothing but the blood of Jesus For my cleansing this my plea Nothing but the blood of Jesus Oh, precious is the flow That makes me white as snow No other clouds I know Nothing but the blood of Nothing can force it atone, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Not a good that I have done, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the blood that makes me white as snow. Are there any other thoughts or announcements or anything need to be brought up before we sing our closing song? Well, it's good to see everybody. <laughs> I always say it's good to be seen. So. <laughs> 949. I was like singing this song in the morning. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we are thankful that we're able to stand here this evening and that we're standing on the promises of Jesus Christ, our Lord and, and Savior. 
and that we're able to be here together uh, to worship you and to praise your name uh, and songs and to study from your word this evening. And as we are here, uh, we pray for the people of our nation who have been affected by this terrible virus, people who have lost their jobs, businesses. They took lifetimes uh, to develop and, and grow. Uh, people, hundreds of thousands of people who have lost their, their lives. And we pray that you will, in some way, to help ease the suffering of the people of this country. And we pray that as we see, as we watch the news and listen to the radio, as we see in the newspapers, as part of our everyday life, of people who are willing to murder and take the life of someone else. And we pray that you will touch the lives of those uh, who would even consider or conceive of taking the life of another individual. As it says in your scriptures, thou shalt not kill. And we pray as we continue throughout this week that you'll be with us. We pray for those of this congregation who are sick, who are having medical problems, uh, who are uh, taking uh, medications, uh, chemotherapy, and, and means to help them uh, ease uh, their suffering and continue on with their lives. And we pray that you will be the, with those people here uh, who are experiencing severe health problems. Uh, we pray that you'll be with us throughout this week, that you'll be, always be with us, that, uh, that will help us deal with the turmoil and strife in this life. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen.